Hello and welcome back to the Duchess and the Baron. Um, as you will have heard from last week, we had a mega long episode that we decided to split into two. So this is part two and where we picked off on our topic, Ireland. I I have I am unbelievably obnoxious to be fair. So I like the towel and I, stuff. No, no, no. I just have the obnoxiousness. So I was naturally drawn uh, to an, an obnoxious fan base. Rufflesburger and Prince Andrew and cahoots. Probably, you know. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say, but yeah, I, I imagine they mix in similar circles, dodgy circles. All right, we're back. Uh, yeah, we're recording. I put it back on. Um, we'll probably cut that bit out. I no, no, football, Prince Andrew, um, Kusta. All right, so this isn't the. <laughs> so this is the main the main topic that we do, um, and this week it is Ireland, and why does it why do the Irish uh, dislike the monarchy so much? So we, we've said on previous episodes, being non-Irish, um, we we don't really know. But we knew you were coming over. Um, would you class yourself as Irish, English, or British, or what? what how do you identify? <laughs> I I would identify as an Irishman, but fully aware that, like most of the great Irishmen in history, there's a significant Anglo-Irish segment or... So you might identify as a great Irishman. <laughs> I, I, I identify as one of the greatest Irishmen, up there with Brian O'Driscoll. Paul O'Connell and Jamie Heaslip, I think, who are Ronan Keating. Ronan Keating, yes. Yeah, Keating. Gerard Butler. Let's go. Wilde. Gerard Butler. That's deeply offensive. Um, he's Scottish. He's Scottish. He so, did. He so, did so an so Irish. He did an Irish yeah. accent in yeah. "P.S. I Love You," yes, which yes, 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 that is what I'm going uh, off so, of. And I was going to say, I watched that film. He sang "Galway Girl," which is an Irish song. So can he be Irish now? Oh, There's no, he, he he did like a He did the, the Steve Earl Galway girl. I well, would imagine. I looked at him as the PS I love you, so I, that's I think what to be fair, there's four of us who sat around this table that could claim to be Irish. This is true. Gerard Butler is about as Irish as Leonardo DiCaprio in Gangs of New York. Which which was that was awful. <laughs> And why that that's, that was those worst accent ever? Some crimes have been committed against the Irish people in history, but that, that Leonardo was, DiCaprio's accent in Gangs of New York is probably yeah, top five. Yeah. Worse that, than the that, British monarchy the to the Irish people. Will it of Orange? It's close. Will it of Orange? Yeah. A lot going on. Um, so you're Irish? Yes. Okay. Um, no, I am Irish. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, Duchess, you claim to have Irish in you as well. That's what my parents tell me. We have a redhead. I don't, I don't think that's a staple to say that you're an Irish. Well, I don't know. Doesn't come from her Asian side. 
Well, that's a fact. <laughs> All right. So, um, you didn't say Roy Keane in the greatest Irish. Okay, give me your five greatest Irish individuals. St. Patrick. Welsh, but probably up there. Just like Jared Butler. I'm failing this game. I'm just going to stop recommending non-Irish folk. She's like, uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Definitely know he's Lionel Richie. Yeah, undecided on Lionel. We don't know where he's from. Give me a second. I'm probably about to offend a lot of people. Wait, so while he's taking a second... Um, why is Great Britain called great? Like, why did you put a great in front of it? Every other country is just a country. Why did you put great in front of it's it? It's an Al Murray you, you, sketch. You, you, you need to, to watch Al Murray. Yes. He explains it. The book, the book Al Murray. Yeah, he explains it. He explains it. How do I watch that? It's on YouTube. Oh, okay. How does Al Murray talk about it? How does he explain it? I can't remember. He's actually talking to a, a, an American in the audience, isn't he? And he said, "What? give me one word when you think of Britain. What is that one word? And, I, and the, the American says, soccer. He said, no, no, don't. Give me one word. And the American says something else. He said, no, he said, it's great. It's great Britain. He said... The, Clue is in clues in the name. In the name, Dad. yeah, Great Britain. You have you have to what? Why is it great? Well, well, well no, no. What, what does he say about why is it great? Or also, why do you think it's great? Well, I'm not sure. I do. It yeah. isn't. It really <laughs> isn't. It's not. It's, it's just advertising. It, it's not. It is. It's marketing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty great. And, and here's why. Um, you don't live there now. So great you moved out. Yeah. You live in the United States. <laughs> um, there, there are no snakes. Because of St. Patrick. He <laughs> did a bow files. Um, no uh, poisonous spiders. Uh, we have had one hurricane in the last uh, century. Um, no forest fires. Why do you no tornadoes. Um, Love <laughs> is the correct answer, in case you're struggling. More, uh, he moved out before he met me. Uh, more coup stocks in the US than there are in uh, the UK. Well, he moved to Canada first. Uh, 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 it was and you almost didn't live in the US. You would have gone back to Canada. What a great loss for the United States that would have been. Yeah, the tailwind sent me over. Um, wait, was uh, have you how many how many Irish people have you got? Three? Is it a struggle? I've come up with the top three. Can't get to five. And I'm trying <laughs> to not be sports centric. Is it that much of a struggle to get to five? No, I'm I'm just trying not to name the 2009 Grand Slam winning Irish team and sort of have a little tennis? variety. Yes, famous <laughs> famous tennis nation. They've the got a lot of good racehorses. Right. Are horses. you guys good at rugby? Have you not seen us in the garden? 
I think you'll find we are the oh, number one team in the world on the really? verge of a is, right gen- genuine generally have been have been number one in the world since uh, since last year I think um, which was four months ago that's true <laughs> uh, number one in the world since being the third team ever to win a a three match tour down in New Zealand uh, it was 2-1 being pretty good 2-1 yeah I, I think it'll turn around. We'll almost certainly still never win a quarterfinal game in the Rugby World Cup. But what, what's the fir- is, that, is that the furthest you've got? It, Ireland famously have never won a knockout game at the Rugby World Cup. You're kidding me. Ever. Always gone out at the quarterfinal stage. At least there's been a couple of times Ireland have gone out at the group stage. I think famously in 97 when they lost to Namibia. Uh, didn't even make it to the quarterfinals. So Jeez. we're going to sort of... Jesus! Quarterfinals yeah. and uh, and semifinals and just go straight to the final and win it, I think. You live in cuckoo land, <laughs> Cuckoo land. Wait, so we'll, we'll, we'll go on to talk about the relationship when, between... When's the World Cup? So the World Cup will be in September this year and we'll go on to talk about the, the Irish uh, sort of relationship with the British Royal Family. What, but what, if Rugby World Cup... Yeah, well, where, where is it hosted? France? In France, yeah. Ireland would accept a English King of Ireland if his name was Andy Farrell at <laughs> this stage, oh, I dare say. Um, wait, wait, so um, has it been four years since I was up that early? 2019. <gasps> oh, yeah, the last World Cup in Japan. No, but we watched it and we were here in Arizona in oh, 2019. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was twenty nineteen. It's twenty. It was twenty nineteen. Yeah, we were here. In, we were a, here in a, Arizona. A good World Cup final, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been four years. Jeez. Jesus. All right, so you still got three people after that. So my my top three. Wait, well, no, uh, we had top five. We. I I I. I population I, of six million. You can only get three. Well, and and, and in terms of trying to posthumously, I say diversity. Uh, in terms of not being all Irish rugby players. Just to split hairs, I've gone for James Joyce in in reverse order. James Joyce, third oh, greatest no Irishman no in history. Brian O'Driscoll, Wait, second no, no, greatest. No, 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 James Joyce. Who the hell is James Joyce? James Joyce, one of the most oh, famous yeah. authors in, in history. Not that famous. Um, and, and phenomenally 50% of us don't know. Ulysses. Squire, The greatest know? book you know that nobody's James? ever been able to get through. Yeah. Uh, Famously said that golf. Famously said that golf was a, a good walk. Spoiled. Oscar Wilde. Um, but one. James Joyce, uh, a fantastic, fantastic author. What if Ulysses? What was Ulysses about? Ulysses is about Dublin, uh, and it's 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 a phenomenally dense book. Think the Irish version of War and Peace, and you're not you're not too far off. Um, Okay, so so. Well, all right, so you've got somebody that. Tom Malone. Uh, and these are all characters of his. Is that the needle on O'Connell Street? 
Oh no, that's the s- stiffy at the liffy. Is uh, is the needle? Wait, so so you 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 your first one is James Joyce, who's wrote a book that most people is so dense most people can't get through. But put Ireland on the literary map along with the likes of George Bernard Shaw, yeah, and, and Oscar if, Wilde. And if you take the Welsh count uh, in, in the north, yeah. it is, I suppose, they're similar, aren't they? Well, Dylan Thomas became famous, didn't he? And beca- under Milkwood. And likewise, James Joyce yeah. with yeah, Ulysses. Which Ulysses is, Ulysses was Greek, is that right? Went on a yes. on a Odyssey, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Homer's Homer 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 Odyssey. Yeah, oh. we're not we're not usually this we're not usually this bloody we'll, academic we'll, we'll on this podcast. Wait, so okay, so, so James, James Joyce, Joyce, third greatest Irishman in history. Uh, the Squire. Do, do you know who James Joyce is? No, not So okay, so sixty percent. Of this audience uh, in the studio, are not aware of your first great Irish person. I feel like that says more about my co-hosts. Well, we uh, live in America. Than, than we live in America, so it says. Well, that's true. You're still British. Ireland's not part of Britain. Hey, we we had a, a long right a long there. fight about that. It's hmm? right there. It's right. So it's France. One one of Ireland's great. Uh, so you should know about more about it than I do. France, France and Ireland. Yeah. One of one of Ireland's great bugbears is the lack of knowledge of Ireland amongst the English. Uh, but we'll probably probably come on to that. Brian O'Driscoll, second greatest Irishman in history. Did he get to a quarterfinal? He did what several was? times. <laughs> um, never passed a quarterfinal, um, but did famously. Take he he he, he was, was the captain of the Lions. I uh, that sore subject uh, in 2013, but you know we won the tour, so that's fine. Was he not? Well, I don't know. So so uh, Brian O'Driscoll famously wasn't selected for the third test uh, by Warren Gatland against uh, against the the Australians in 2013. What uh, position did he play? Outside centre, greatest outside centre in the history of good looking look good looking boy, very very good looking uh, sort of chap. Um, I've just been passed some some stats here about how <laughs> Ulysses uh, is the hero no in the story of the Odyssey. Um, so uh-huh. some great, uh, some great Wait, so is it, is it Greek f- crossover. It's there. fiction on fiction. Yes. Thank you. Irishman. All right. Okay. So uh, so so, so, so you got Brian second greatest Irishman in history took. Was 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 Irish rugby's first absolute superstar. breakout superstar, um, and then the greatest Irishman in history is a personal hero of, of mine, uh, a man called Michael Collins, who was a key figure, Ooh, a key that's, that's a key figure, that's yes, a, a, a key figure. Why in, is it controversial? I have done one of these. Sure. So, so Michael Collins was shot uh, not during the War of Independence, um, but during the Irish Civil War. Uh, Michael Collins, who is one of the great heroes in Irish history, and one of the men who was at the forefront of the, the War of Independence. Many statues, I'm sure. I'm not sure if he has one in, in Dublin. There is, 
No, that's that's Daniel O'Connell. Uh, is on O'Connell Street. Um, he was a great trade unionist of his time. But Michael Collins was was famously shot uh, during the Irish Civil War in an ambush. Um, Michael Collins had travelled down to Cork, which is where he was from, to. I suppose a goodwill gesture, or, or to at least try and impress upon the IRA's southern command why they should be. What years was this? So the Irish Civil War was uh, 1922. I think March, March 1922, but till 1923. So it was a fairly, a relatively short civil war. And um, and can for us that don't know the background of this Irish Civil War, can we just yeah, absolutely. So the um so there was an Irish War of Independence uh f- the, the most I suppose famous event of which was the 1916 Easter Rising in Dublin where um So the Black and Tans came after uh the the Civil War uh sorry, the Black and Tans came after the War of Independence or during the War of Independence as a way to aggressively put down the rebellion as as it was seen at the time but um so irish independent uh the irish war of independence um broadly 1916 to 1921 ended in the anglo-irish agreement can i, can I interject because weren't the germans in the first world war trying to get the irish involved or there, there was something about the, the germans and the irish as the Germans a, a landing point into England, there was, there was something, what, something yeah. like that. So I know I, I know this isn't sort of the the Irish history podcast, but in one of the reasons that well tonight it is exactly as it should be. But in 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 nineteen sixteen during the Easter Rising, which is now held up in Ireland as as a, as a great national event and, and moment in Irish history, was was deeply deeply unpopular amongst the the population at the time, in part because so many Irishmen were fighting for Britain during the First World War. Mm. And so a lot of people saw this as a great seditious act and and almost a betrayal of of the Irishmen that were were fighting in the Somme and and, and Flanders and all that sort of thing. But there was absolutely, the the, the Germans, uh, there was a lot of gun running during the, the Irish War of Independence where the Germans provided... Mauser rifles and, and all that sort of thing. It depicts that where they're, they're running, running the guns into Ireland. Yeah, and, and, and the Germans saw it as a, as, as a, real, a, a real way of, of weakening the British from, from within, as it was at the time. Um, but but to go back to the point about Michael Collins, Michael Collins was it was a key figure in um, in the Irish Republican Army, what the IRA at the time. Um, Nineteen twenty one, there's the Anglo Irish Agreement where the British um, agree to withdraw from from Ireland, and, and Ireland can set up what they call the free the free state. So the the, the Serstadt, the Aaron, which is the the Free State of Ireland, which is where Ireland, a little bit like Canada is now, will be a an independent country, but will still have the then king as the head of state, 
and there was a great debate in what's called the Dáil, which is the lower house of the Irish Parliament, about do we ratify this treaty and say, actually, we'll, we'll take this, or do we continue fighting, continue the war of independence? And ultimately, Mark, uh, Michael Collins was one of the leaders um, of the argument that said, take the free state, it will be a building block to a republic. Um, and then on the other the other side, you have uh, men like Eamon de Valera, who said, nope, we haven't been given an unconditional republic, therefore we should continue fighting. And it was a very, very close, very, very close uh, vote in, in the Dáil, um, which ultimately ratified the Anglo-Irish Agreement. And at that stage, basically almost half the doll um, withdrew from, from I suppose, the, the, the almost the democratic process. And that's where you start to get uh, the, the seeds of the Irish Civil War, where men who have fought together for years and years again, years uh, against the British then suddenly turn on, on each other. And that's where we come to, to the, the, Irish, uh, the Irish Civil War, which was a fairly short but, but, but pretty brutal. Uh, war that, that, yeah, tore, tore, tore the country apart and um, lots of, 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 of anti-treaty forces down in uh, what's, what's affectionately known now as, as the Republic of Cork. Um, and that's what's in the same. So, um, many, many questions. Firstly, uh, Bono is not on your list. Um, what, so, Northern Ireland, an island. So, previously... Ireland as a, a an island was part of the British Empire. Yes, yeah, exactly. The the, the whole island of, of Ireland was was part of the British Empire and part of the Anglo Irish Treaty of uh, of nineteen twenty one was was the partition and what was called the uh, the Border Commission, which was the idea that the six counties of of what we now or is universally known as uh, Northern Ireland would remain as part of the UK, um, and then you had the, the 26 counties of, of the Sørstad, uh, Aaron, or what is now the Republic of Ireland. So, uh, I'd like to ask a question. Sure. Just more of like, so when you say Anglo, do you mean yeah. like British? Or? Yes, yeah, yeah, so, okay. so, so Anglo is, Anglo mean, means British or, or English in, where, in this sense. Where does that come from? So it comes from uh, the Anglo-Saxons and, 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 and before that the, the Anglicans. So before England was a united country, there was the, the, the Saxons, the, the Anglicans, the Germans. Mercians. Germans. Invaders. The Northumbrians, uh, and ultimately it all became yeah. Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. Because the, the, there were the Britons before that. The original English, but then we had the Saxons that came over, so it became the Anglo-Saxons. Saxons are the Germans, okay? Mm-hmm. Because we do learn about the Anglo-Saxons in our in our history, but I think everyone yeah. just didn't so pay attention the, the that day. You had the Celts, and you had the the, the Juts and the Picts, the which Jews, were the the Picts, yeah. which were the original. English, well, what you class as English, Scots, and 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 then it's everybody's side invading. That's why they built Adrian's Wall across 
from Newcastle to Carlisle to keep the pigs and the Scots out. Uh, I heard I heard a different story about that. Well, it, it changes all the time depending on the. Well, yeah, to keep them out. But I, I heard the rumps because if you, have you ever you've seen Hadrian's Wall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like the Great Wall of China. No, but no, everyone thinks the stones from Hadrian's Wall to build their houses. But it was it was it was never um, it wasn't like a, a forty foot wall. It, it depended which side you came from. It was. Was it? Yeah, if you came from the north side, it was a a very large wall because it was built on cliffs or on the hills. So, if you were invading from Scotland, it was quite a large defence. I I thought it was, and again, this could be wrong. It was, hey, we're Italian. Um, we're, we're, we're kind of this is where we, we're done, and this is our perimeter fence, and we're not going to go any further. No, they won't. No, they won't. They were probably more Spanish than Italian. The Romans. Yeah, because what what they did was, when when they conquered the country, they conscripted. Right. You know, like gladiator. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah there were very few Romans in the Roman army. They were conscripts. And they got paid well. And they got paid probably more than if they stayed at home farming the land. So, yeah. But the, the problem was, once they got to Scotland, if you were from Portugal or Spain and you were stuck up in Northumbria in winter, where would you want to be? <laughs> Adrian Tall, uh, famously much more impenetrable than the Great Wall of China. Uh, which a wasn't wasn't a solid wall and was often. Uh, they use adamantium. Say again. They use adamantium. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is it fictional. It's, it's Captain America's shield. Yeah. It was what? What's that? Adamantium. Oh, sorry. It's Wolverines. Uh, apologies. But yes, the Hadrian's Wall did stretch from from coast to coast, I believe. Uh, in England, whereas the Great Wall of China was was often in bits, uh, and 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 often the Mongols just bribed guards to open the gates, which uh, allowed the Mongols to to raid China. So, as 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 Carl Pilkington famously said, "Keep your right wall of China, uh, maybe not maybe not the Great Wall, quite Great Britain, quite the all, all, all right, right Britain. all right Britain, you know, albeit that may be a stretch at this stage." But I feel we may have got slightly sidetracked. Well, oh, no, that was that was exa- that was brilliant. Going back to the Irish, as history always does. Um, James Joyce, I've got that, and I showed you the the clip about um, the Odyssey, the yes. Odysseys. Going back to Greek mythology, uh, Oscar Wilde, fantastically witty. Yeah, who's Irish? Yes, I was Irish and, and famously imprisoned for, for imprisoned being for uh, homosexual. Homosexual, but yeah, a uh, fantastic author with some yeah, very, the very witty lines. Duke of Queensbury brought about his downfall. Um, Oscar Wilde skipped off to France, I think, for a while, but then was imprisoned. There was a court case. Um, what was it? It was Queensbury, 
what's going on here? Tell me someone. <laughs> I think there was some uh, imagery of Oscar Wilde skipping off to France. <laughs> well, he did, yeah. Or Belgium. A bit like Stephen Fry, really. Well, Stephen Fry played Oscar Wilde. He did, yes. Yeah. I've just seen your fourth greatest Irishman, and I would hasten to add that my. Uh, I'm worried that that you have Irishman three is, and you have four. Is, is, you, is we haven't dad. got to five I've yet. Got five. We have the great English. Uh, Jack Charlton. Famously English. Declan he, he, Rice. He was a manager of Ireland. Famously English. Yeah, he's English. Yeah, but they like him. Jack Grealish. <laughs> famously English. <laughs> <laughs> good and you got Gerard Butler over here. <laughs> Michael Fassbender, who was uh, born in Germany. We've got Liam Neeson, whose oh, masterpiece it, was playing a German. He's a rubbish actor. Liam Neeson. Liam, oh, he's awful. No, he's good. No, he's not. I really empathise with that. He's pretty common. All right, so, okay. Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah, have you not seen All right, all right. Okay, let's get some control. Um, let's go. Um, Colin Farrell. Oh. Valikis Angel. Colin Meany. Brendan Gleeson. He's pretty good. I think Colin Farrell. Yeah. In Bruges. Yeah. Colin Farrell. The Banshees <laughs> of Inisherin. Great film. Colin Farrell. I, 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 I'm watching that on the flight back. Um, was there ever a king or queen of Ireland? Yes. Historically, there's been many, uh, many kings of kings of Ireland. Um. Kings of Leinster, Kings of Munster, famously, and and, and this what, what is we're talking fact. like kind of pr- prior one year, a, 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 a lot, yeah, a long, a long, a long time. Because you would go back to when in England they're all kingdoms pre Harold, yeah, yeah, because they were all as we have now counties, and it would have been the same in Ireland and and Wales as well, where you would have had. Smaller kingdoms ruled by tribe, tribes basically. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and 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 it wasn't till sort of I suppose the the Norman conquest of of Ireland, which is uh, when my long ago ancestors arrived in Ireland. Um, it wasn't until the Normans arrived that you start to get, I suppose, almost a, a more unified uh, conquering of of Ireland. Up until then, you have your your provinces and 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 your counties, um, your duchies, and all that sort of thing. Um, so it was, you know, when the Normans came along, they started to really knit some of these sit, knit some of these territories together. Is isn't it a little bit ridiculous? So, so the question, um, or one of the questions I have for you is: We've looked at uh, our family history, and and Lady C's lover. Um, what what uh, century slash decade does it go back to ours, where it's it's full Irish? Um, well, our or oh, my great great grandfather was Irish, and they came over from Ireland to work in the mills in Bradford. So, so what were you was that? Eight, early eighteen hundreds. Okay, so two hundred years ago. Full Irish. Yeah. Um, on on my other side, I think it went back to 13th century and then it started to go a little Scandinavian. So 200 years, Irish. And then because of 
the potato famine, there was a lot of movement. Am I right in saying? Yes. So yeah, the to, the to potato famine. I think there was, well, you'll correct me, but I think there was two successive potato famines. So one 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 of one of the great myths about, and this is me probably getting my Irish nationalist head on, but. One of the great myths about the Irish potato famine is that there was there was no, never any potatoes there was anyway. No food in in Ireland, which is not the case. Actually, the problem during the potato famine or, or the famine in general, the Great Famine, as it's sometimes known, is that all the food was called being great. Sorry, it's PR. Why is everything called great? Uh, because it was fairly huge. It should have been called the shit famine. It should have been the called shit the shit potato famine. The, it was sh- shit for everybody. It was. I mean, say like amazing terrible. or something. If you're gonna, it was the amazing potato. <laughs> There's so famine. many synonyms yeah. you could use instead of great, wonderful. Yeah, well, no, well, no, nothing else had I come mean, out. You know, I know that wasn't wonderful, but when you say great, I'm like, oh, you must have got a lot <laughs> the of wonderful potato famine. There's a great contradiction in in terms, I suppose. But one one of the things that people don't realise about the famine is that there was lots of food in Ireland at the time, but was exported to to Britain yeah, and yes. and 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 then sort of fed on to Britain's army that was busy conquering the world and all that sort of thing but you know ultimately there there, there was enough food in Ireland but it just it wasn't allowed to stay in Ireland which is why you then get the huge numbers of 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 of, of migrants moving to the United States and to England and Did to that, Australia. Did that cause anger against the the royalty? Because it wasn't allowed to stay in Ireland. I suppose it probably festered resentment. It, it festered resentment against the British. Not necessarily, I suppose, the monarchy as an extension of that, but but mainly just an anti-British feeling. Because at that time, the monarchy still had power and made that decision. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It, w- it, w- it, w- it would have been dur- during that time, so we're talking, I suppose, mid-19th century, there, there would have been parliament and it would have been acts of parliament, but at the same time, it, 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 it was hard to divorce. Britain was very much seen as a package, which is the British legislature, the British uh, monarchy, the British forces of, of, of occupation, um, People weren't really bothered. Is it the Prime Minister's fault or the King's fault or the Queen's fault or the Governor General's fault? It was just the impact of, of the British but, on but there Ireland. Was, there was a potato blight, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there, 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 there was a, uh, a potato blight and, and, and harvests weren't as good as they should have been. Yeah. yeah. But so hypothetically, the, the, there should the, have been enough. Food yeah, but in they didn't Ireland. produce enough, did they? And, and you're right what you said that what, whatever was. Good produce was shipped out, so I, I'm not sure how many deaths there were, but it, it's, it, it, it's, it was successive flights. It's it's a great debate in 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 history as to no one knows exactly. You know, this is time before accurate censuses and all that sort of thing. But and the, and the Irish are not great for that. No, no, absolutely not. Writing things down. No, absolutely not. And and you know, to the extent that my my wife's granddad um, (laughs) was born in Donegal at some stage in the nineteen twenties. I do have a question about when you have children, will they be British or Irish or 
They will wear Irish rugby jerseys, <laughs> and that's all I will be drawn on. At, uh, but didn't at your wife stage. play for England? I beg your pardon? Didn't your wife play for England at rugby? Uh, yes, she did. She played so for England students at uh, a rugby league. So you're saying that um, if you're looking at the parents and what rugby lineage they're going to follow, wouldn't they follow the one that played for the national yeah. team? I am phenomenally lucky that my wife understands that if Ireland win, it makes her life a lot easier because it makes me happier. So uh, I've I've co-opted, uh, I've you know, colonised for want of a better word, uh, her into the Irish rugby. How British have you? Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly, and and here we come full full circle. Uh, I, I'm, I'm quite to have some Irish ancestry. So, so this is a. He's so got, it's, it's got a mystical. I think yeah. the, the Irish have got some mystical aura about them. They're a bunch of happy go lucky chaps. Yeah. So, so this is the thing. So the the anti British. So one of my really good friends here is is Irish, Kieran. Not not the, not the most Irish name, um, but depends how you spell it. No, I, I, mean, I was kidding. It was just it's the, it's the so most so Irish name. C I A R A N with a uh, your little uh, yeah, with, father. The, with a father. Yeah. Yep. Um, very Irish. Irish. What about Graham Norton? He's, he's third on my list. I'm surprised oh, you had Graham Norton on your list. <laughs> oh, who who played who played Father Ted? Pardon? Who played Father Ted? Dominic Monaghan. Yeah. R I P. You've great you've man. got three names as great. <laughs> I was I was really trying to be balanced and and, and I at really least put Andrea really Core on there. I put JFK. Uh, Andrea Core, good but probably not one of the greatest. Andrea Core, Countess Markovic would be uh, on the list ahead of uh, ahead of. W- would you say uh, uh, who, who's the most beautiful Irish woman? What did you hear? Not Andrea Core. She looks Spanish. She's probably she's probably from the the Spanish descent of the uh, Armada, wouldn't you say? Well, most of the survivors of the Spanish. Wait, we're having we're having two conversations at a separate time doing a podcast. It's the worst thing, and this is why we usually have headphones on. No, but uh, 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 wouldn't you say like because of the the Spanish? Um, most most of the Spanish most of the survivors of the Spanish Armada who uh, shall we say arrived in Ireland, which is probably a polite way of saying shipwrecked, um, tended to be killed and eaten by uh, by the locals. So I'm not sure how much of the Spanish lineage I, I always arrive uh, or, or survive. Same Scotland, I think. Yeah. Oh, really? I always, I always thought that, because you get some Irish that are very um, olive-skinned and... <laughs> I don't know about the olive-skinned, but certainly the... Certainly <laughs> Phil White. Certainly, the dark Jesus. hair that's associated with the Mediterranean is is, is a big thing out in uh, in the west of, of I, Ireland. I, no, I Famously, Galway girls are uh, black haired and, and her eyes were blue. Um, so yeah, banshees. Steve Earl. Um, All right, so mainly. So you, so okay, so here, here's one thing that I wanted to ask. Um, uh, no, no, th- three names um, for for, for greats. No Andrea Core. Um but we, if you look at the lineage between the ma- the majority of British families, I I don't know what it is. Um, maybe Twenty Three and Me is a sponsor of this week's show, but um, 
Oh, sorry, it's, it's, it's Trader Joe's. It was Trader Joe's wine. I would say, so oh, how many how many million did we say um, claimed Irish descent last week or the last episode? Three hundred fifty-seven million people globally claim Irish, um, not ancestry, but heritage. No, it was almost like I am Irish. Well, every ten percent of the U.S. says they're Irish. So it's not just ancestry. I think 367 probably million in the globe say Irish ancestry, but 36 million in the US, so 10% say they don't say say oh, you know, we from I'm Irish. It's like well, they just claim because I think a lot of US people want to have a little bit more history because they don't necessarily yeah. feel that, that they have it, so they say they're Irish. But if you look at the UK and the anti so so Kieran, my good friend, um in, in Arizona, when we were watching England versus Italy, he turned up in an Italy shirt. If it was Ireland versus New Zealand or Australia, I would be backing Ireland every single day because they're part of, well, the next door. And and also we have Irish people, but the Irish are like, fuck the English. Wait, that's more Scottish. Fuck the English. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, Where is this? I think this is somewhere halfway between Glasgow and Belfast, I think. Fuck the English. What the fuck, fuck the but English. I, th- I, th- I think rug- rug- rugby is, is, is a slightly... No, but he, he, this, this, was, this was football. This was football. He was wearing an Italy top. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it, 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 it blends into one. And, and, and I think this is where... But the all, if you, that's the whole thing about islanding oh, no, the England you, and Wales. Is that we all blend into one anyway. So why would... Going into a different issue. Oh, we're, we're sporting Scotland, we're sporting Wales. We're no, but blood. Ireland. Our lineage is so intermingled. Yeah, but no, it's the impression. It's that's, that's what it is. It's the like, yes. I would like to ask it's a more ro- to bring it back to the Royals, guys. Um, Probably a good idea. And and sports. So for rugby. So what do you guys think about? Um, so Prince William rugby sports the Wales. Like he's like the chair. Like. Patron of the Welsh rugby team and Catherine, Princess Kate, is patron of the English rugby team. But a lot of people, so William has been seen with like Harry Kane and he's a very big fan of the English soccer team. So I think for the Welsh, they're like, and Squire, I would love to know what your uh, Squiress Thanks about I don't know I don't know what the the female version of that. She but, prefers to be known as Heartlet. But I know like. <laughs> I'm kidding. That, I think that means possible. No, but I would love to know like I don't know just how like the Welsh and the English feel about these things and the royalty sporting both. But maybe they're you know. The Welsh, the Welsh don't like it. They don't want it. They don't care for it. Mm-hmm. Do they not want to be part of like Great Britain? <laughs> No, no, they don't. No, they don't. Well, so we had a conversation about this. We were, I, I was trying to figure out how Wales, England, and Scotland all fit together. And Oliver, because and Oliver was, or oh, Baron, <laughs> the Baron was like, oh, it's like the Puerto Rico to the U.S. Where Puerto Rico is not part of the U.S., but there's like a connection there. So. Well, it says 
Well, I suppose well, it branches off at different times, don't it? If you go to the Tudors, from the Tudors, we're Welsh because it was Henry Tudor from Wales. So we battered the Welsh for centuries, but then surreptitiously we had a Welsh king who was a Tudor. Who'd hidden away in France. Yes. Yeah. Hidden away in France? They cashed. So uh, the, the the idea, and, and this goes back to the sort of start of the War of the Roses, which um, is, is, is again probably a whole other podcast in terms of um, the Lancastrians needed somebody who represented a, a good and strong claim to the English throne, which was which was Henry, who was actually in, in exile in France at the time, um, and was was arguably more French than he than he was English. As, as was a lot of them. But therein therein lies the, the great enigma. Of so does it matter? Does it matter if you think well, about well. William the Conqueror? So, so a, a lot of our language is French yeah. and Latin from Roman times. European, Saxons, German, Vikings, Scandinavian. So England in, or Britain, in my uh, opinion, is the, the OG United States. What is being British or being English? And there's there's a, there's yet a, again another whole podcast. Tried to be the United States, and then we fought you off. <laughs> we threw your tea overboard. Yeah. A terrible, okay. terrible crime, as far as I'm concerned. But it wasn't it wasn't your. Hey, no taxation without representation, guys. Okay. Wait. So you 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 both mentioned oppression. Of the Irish, well, uh, yeah, so so oppression it, now, well, oppression crazy. now though. It, so it, it was crazy, and it, it it could have all turned on one moment. William of Orange was he? He he could have. He was. They were they were looking for a crossing in the in a river. Was it? So the ba- the Battle of the Boyne, and and, and yeah. this goes back to the the Jacobite rebellion and. And this feeds into a lot of sort of the, um, the Catholic versus the Protestant history of, of Ireland and the Battle of the Boyne. And if that had gone a different way, then who knows where we would have, would have ended up and, um, and, and, and yeah. the siege uh, of yeah, Derry it, and all, all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's crazy. It was, it was one of these his- moments in history that would have changed the course of history. But when you say oppressed, how would they oppressed? Oh. This goes back to what we were talking earlier about 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 colonialism in terms of the the way that you know again Ireland wasn't colonised out of the, the the you know the good of 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 heart I suppose so it was things like um, so particularly sort of later on the the the, the Catholic majority in Ireland were, were denied rights to. You know certain benefits, certain housing. Um, there, there's a there's a famous uh, or, or, or a colloquial famous story that Irish priests, Irish Catholic priests, love to tell at uh, tell at Christmas Mass, which is that um, when when the, the the modern day Joseph 
was was going around was going around trying to find somewhere to stay on on Christmas Eve. He said uh, the innkeepers would tell them that there is no space because all all the rooms had been given to the Protestants. So there there is an idea that you know the the Irish minority were or or, or the Irish people were very much seen as subservient to the interests of british nation and i think that's where you obviously then get every every century you get a, a, a fairly substantial rebellion in ireland so uh, 1798 would be the big one which was ultimately unsuccessful in the 18th century um, and and this constant churn of, of irish rebellions so we've but, but, but you 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 had the scots being displaced from scotland moved over to england and and this is where you disparities that it was there for a reason um, and and the, strangely the, the Scots were had the allegiance to the English crown at that point and hence nowadays you know we have you know and it go, if you go back to Glasgow with the, the Catholics and the Protestants Celtic Rangers, it's still there. Premanocte. At this point, James, there's there's there's, there's a huge amount of, of division still, and 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 a lot of it in its in its uh, in its root is, is religious and national. But so so um, with the uh, and just from watching, um, uh, uh, Duchess is struggling with the wine. Um, so how much is religion related? It's one of the great questions of history, I would say, in terms of... Because Northern Irish is all Protestant. No, well, no. no. Um, Northern Ireland is, is, according to the last census, um, is more Catholic um, than Protestant, albeit that doesn't necessarily account for the population that would class themselves as atheist. But it's one of those great debates in terms of is what you know it's a bit of a chicken and egg scenario in terms of what comes first the the religion or the religious borders um so there was there was there was there was 800 years of, of occupation of, of, of ireland so yeah it, it, it's a tricky debate to answer so when 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 And it's caused that division, and it's it's one of those divisions that can't easily be resolved. And and now it's in sports. Yeah. So when when we talk about oppression, so the Earl considers themselves Irish because there's a very direct connection with his lineage to being Irish. Yours is two hundred years. No, one hundred. 50 years? Yeah, yeah. 150 years? So, so, about the 1800s, yeah. so, so what, what stops you from being um, oppressed? Like, when do, you, when do you go to the other side? Because if you think about oh, the Earl's yeah. children, I, I see what you, yeah. the Earl's children are going to be, in 150 years, are they no longer oppressed? What is, is it a time stamp? Yeah, I see the point, yeah. Because um, we, we mix. Yeah. Like, and if you think about... The, the Duchess, 
the Duchess and the Baron's children. Apparently, the, the, the Duchess has Irish on their side because they moved to Arkansas from Ireland. Uh, uh, well. So, and then if I have Irish on my side, probably around the similar time is probably the, 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 the time when they moved to Arkansas after the, the, um, the, the, the shitty famine. Oh, what's it? The Great Famine because it was yeah, shitty. Even when the Irish came over here, they were oppressed. Right. Yeah, they they was well, they were they were, they were migrants, similar to the migrants of t- today. So it's it, so it's, so at what point do you, <laughs> I guess, stop complaining about being oppressed? Because you know, there's there's when you assimilate into the into the community and your background. So that that's it. so South Park. We talk a lot about South Park on this podcast. They did an episode many years ago, and um, where it was people in the future going back in time to work. Um, that they'd created time travel, so to go back in work time to put money in their savings account, so it appreciate. So when their kids in a thousand years would have some money, but they're all orange. Everybody was the same colour because globalisation had happened and people and, and it was like yeah. a really yeah. big point from them. It's like and it's the same point, it's yeah. like kind of saying there's always gonna be changes. But 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 you know what I mean? It it got to the point where when you're talking about when they've assimilated into that yeah. piece that you you're just like, Well, yeah. it's whitewashed. All right, well well ask. Ask the Earl if he's still angry about his heritage, uh, how his ancestors were treated, and does he feel rebellious now? As <laughs> do you still feel rebellious? Given no, that fifty no, percent no. of you is on the other side, I, I, I don't feel I don't feel rebellious. I I, I feel nationalistic in in you know. In, in the interest of, of openness, I absolutely believe in the Let's idea of oh. a united island and, and a 32-county island, and, and, and I one day hope that, you know, the six counties of what I call the north would, would you know, assimilate back into the republic. So I, 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 but I wouldn't say I feel rebellious, and I think this is one of the, you know, time is, is the great healer, and I think one of the things that the... The late Queen Elizabeth II was very good at was trying to bridge some of those gaps. So her state visit in in, in twenty eleven, where she visited the site of, um, I suppose the original Bloody Sunday massacre and things like that, was a bit of a you know we we, we need to we need to move on because staying angry is a very very bad way to to progress and and live and and actually I think Ireland has been able to flourish. Um, especially as, as as part of the EU, and you know, gain a, mm-hmm. a, a greater a greater standard. Tech industry, massive, massive, massive uh, and a lot of that goes down to corporate tax rates and, and very very boring things. But um, but Ireland has 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 been able to. It's one of those things where you sort of uh, forgive but not 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 forget thing, and actually we live in a very different world now. To what we did a hundred years ago, um, 
and I think part of the the celebrations around the centenary of things like the, the the Easter Rising were, you know, look at how far the country has has come. So, so yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think I, I like I said I you know I wouldn't say it was fair to say the Irish feel like they're they're oppressed uh, in in this day and age, but ultimately you know that Irish history very much lives on in a in a holistic sense in the Irish people. In a way that is it, is British it, history maybe doesn't. I'm, I'm going to pass to the Duchess in a second. I just uh, no. do. Is it an underdog mentality? And and here's the thing. Um, knowing the Earl, growing up in the UK, but being what fifty percent Irish. That's the easiest way to split it. Does it give you a unique identification to? part of your identity and then same let's say if I was I don't know half French half English I'd probably think it's a it's a nice thing to have another aspect of my identity but I'm just trying to think like if uh, like yeah I guess is it an underdog mentality that everybody likes to root for the underdog and I don't know I don't know what the question is but but you know what I mean like you you've grown up in England yeah and it's nice to have something that's different. I'm, yeah. if I look at myself and I think I'm boring, I'm pure English until what two hundred years ago, or in the thirteen hundreds, on the other side, which is, and, and when I went to university in Canada, you had all these bilingual, multilingual. They were part Swedish, they were part French. They they were really cool, and I'm like, it's it's nice to have another aspect to your identity do you feel for yourself that you feel strong about these things even though living in the England for the majority of your life that it's because it's it's not a part that everybody has yeah I, th- I, th- I think obviously so for, for clarification I was I, I was born in in County Wexford and and, and my dad is, is Irish and, and, and mum is English um and I think growing up in the UK is allowed Even. to, <laughs> yes, a, a, an English Protestant and an Irish Catholic uh, walk into a bar. Um, but I think there's, a, there's, there's, it's allowed me that to it, have a more. Our, our family is approach. that joke, right? Yeah, exactly. There's, um, it's allowed me to to have a, a greater holistic approach, and I suppose it's given me the it, it's given. You know, my, my lineage has given me the space to appreciate. I'm hesitant to say both sides of the argument, but I can fully no, appreciate no, that's a, that, that, that's a good way as an it. Irish nationalist, but at the same time realize that, you know, as much as we would like to paint it otherwise, Britain in the modern era isn't this great, horrible, you know, beast, right. beastly right. thing. And whilst. That is the case when it comes to the English rugby team. Um, outside of that, um, you know, it's 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 very different. So I do feel quite privileged to be able to, you know, have the lineage that allows me to step back slightly to say it's really not all, all good answer. Way or the other. I was going to ask, as an Irishman, what do you think about the royal family? I got to bring it back. I and then I will uh, also ask yeah. the un- other British I guests we have, I like, what do you, like, 
Yeah, I th- I think the one thing that I, I I think is probably true of 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 Great Britain as well as Ireland at the minute is we're going through that transition phase where what we think of Queen Elizabeth II was one thing that isn't necessarily what is thought of of the monarchy as an ideal. So, for example, Queen Elizabeth's state visit to Ireland in in, in 2011 was a a huge deal uh, to the people of Ireland and, and because of what she did in terms of visiting the site of, of the original Bloody Sunday Massacre um, and sort of later state visits where she famously shook hands with Martin McGuinness, who, for those who don't know, was, was a senior commander in the IRA during the Troubles um, and was, was present during the, the later Bloody Sunday uh, agreement. The, the, the Queen was seen as a, a, a great healer and I think the and again in in sort of in the interest of full disclosure a lot of my temperature checks if you like on irish opinion comes from my dad who runs a, a pub in rural uh in rural ireland and and uh the opinion of people of the queen was i'm sure she's grand like she's a good bird like you know, it's she's a nice a nice lady. Whether that will transfer and whether that will yes, well, I'd love to get into Charles. Monkey. I'd love to get yeah. into Charles. So um, we've talked about this a lot in the podcast. Um, Charles, I think, has been stained obviously by his history and what I don't know what he's like. I can't like text him, but his, the public. Opinion, perspective, which I, I, I think is partly true. Like, I don't think it's completely spot, false. And obviously, you know, everything that happened with Diana and stuff, does that, as an Irishman and living in the UK, does that does that change your perspective and things like that? Because, like, so in, in the US, it's very, people do not like Camilla here. Is It's still, still to this day. Like, my mom, I remember, so... I remember when the late queen died, I was getting my hair done. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm not even from the UK, but it impacted me. I remember talking to my mom later, and she's like, oh, my gosh. Is Camilla going to become queen? Because, no, like, that's just horrible. And mom knows nothing about the British monarchy. She knows nothing, but she knows the Diana scandal. And that's what I think a lot of Americans, they don't really know much about the the monarchy but that has always kind of that's always been the big I mean now we have Meghan Markle and stuff even my dad's like oh I'm tired of Meghan and and he doesn't even like follow royal news but he's just like she's just and, and he's definitely not on that tangent but anyway so coming back around to this um where does like where do you think your because I think everyone has a hesitancy and maybe not as much, maybe not loves the word, but just, I don't know, the queen, I feel like, held a lot of respect for people, and I feel like Charles does not, which is fine. We, we are allowed to swear on this podcast, aren't we? So. Yes, 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 and, I I, and we love to hear it because, because Charles is a controversial figure. At the end of the day, like, yes, he is king, but I don't, like, with Queen Elizabeth, everyone's like, oh, I love her. She's amazing. 
But with Charles, I think it's very like 50-50 as I've seen and heard. I think that's certainly fair in the UK and I think I think uh, King Charles is now is, is very much still in his honeymoon period of I will give him a chance in the UK. When it comes to, to the Irish question, I think people... The, the, the 2011 state visit and, 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 and the subsequent events certainly built up a, an impression of she's grand, which is about the highest, the highest compliment anybody in Ireland has ever given anybody. Um, in terms of like the whole Camilla thing, uh, I'm not sure the Irish really give a fuck, to put it bluntly. Uh, and, Respectable. And, and in terms of King Charles, there. There are so many other things I think that, that occupy the mind of the Irish people, and and I absolutely do not claim to be some great socio uh, temperature check of, 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 of Irish mood, but I really don't think. No, they, no, but be it. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I, I really don't think. I, I really don't think they care. I think there's, um, you know, the Queen came over and she was fine, and it was very nice, and 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 to see a world leader who was uh you know taller than Michael D Higgins yet again despite the fact she was an 80 whatever year old woman was 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 brilliant um but if if king charles came over and did a state visit do you think it'd have the same reaction somebody would buy him a pint probably um but yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those where time will time will tell. There's no, there's 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 no pre. Nothing is nothing is, is is I would say is guaranteed when it comes to the monarchy with the Irish people. If you come over and you're a decent person, much like you know whether you're a monarch or, or anyone else, if you come over and you're a decent person and um and you you know polite you- and you buy your round at the pub, people will probably like you. If you don't, they probably won't. Do you, the Irish people um, feel the same way about Prince William as they do about King Charles? Like, is it all just like? I don't. I don't know. I. I wouldn't. I. I don't think the the Irish sort of. They just don't care. Yeah, don't I care. think. I think yeah. so. I. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, that's I think. Fine. I think it's one of those where you know they know who the current monarch is. Past that, they're not particularly fussed. Do they I have any imagine. thoughts about Meghan Markle? Scandal. Where's our scandalous song? My, uh, I again, I, I couldn't say with any certainty, but, you know, if you consider that Meghan Markle's maybe, quote unquote, stuck it to the English, that probably endears her quite well with the Irish. Yeah. Anything that disrupts the English, yeah, maybe. Be all right. Maybe not. I don't know. The English can take her. Again, I, d- I don't think if Meghan Merkel turned up at well, the Gap and bought her around, she'd be fine. If she didn't, uh, yeah, probably not. That's the Irish way. Yeah. A lot can be sold with buy a drink and be a decent person. Yeah, but they won't turn up and bought her around, probably. Especially with the prices of a pint of Guinness in Dublin at the minute. Charles is at Temple Bar. Uh, does, does anybody want a drink? <laughs> King Charles is probably the only person who can afford to go drinking in Temple Bar uh, at this stage, to be fair. Uh, as the squire and I discovered uh, when we were in Dublin a few years back. As the squire discovered, as it was he who paid for it. How much a pint? Oh, average. Seven, eight pounds, two uh, pints, eight euros. Two pints in a bottle was 40 euros. 
Wait, two pints. And a a bottle of what? Bottle of Bulmers, like uh, which is what the wait, wait. Earl's dad was drinking. So two pints of Guinness and a bottle of lager. It was 40 euros. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 2018. The greatest service I can pay to anybody listening is if you're going to Ireland and you want your night out, go to Galway for the love of Jesus. Go to for the Galway, Galway gals. Wait, so that's like 12, 12, oh. <laughs> just get thir- uh, 13 pounds. And I wasn't even in the Temple Bar pub, just the pub. That's Wait, just so that's like beer. 15, $15 a drink. Do not go to Temple. I cannot stress enough. Do not go to Temple Bar. Go to the great so pubs around the UK. I'd like to go to Ireland. We'll, 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 we'll plan a trip and we'll, we'll go yes. to Ireland and I know a man yeah. who'll get us drink for free in a yeah. fantastic so pub in County Wick. I County do Wick have Street. a question and I'm probably going to butcher this name. The Cliffs of... Mower. Are those like... I, I've always just heard about them. Are they just like super touristy or are they worth to go see? So the Cliffs of Mower are, are an absolute phenomenon. Uh, okay. To go and see, so I, I I was there with some friends from university uh, a good few years back now, and actually it is it, it it's fabulous. It it really is. You know, you, the idea of you know there's the Atlantic Ocean, and if you fall in the sea, there's nothing between you and Canada. Is 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 amazing. It's um, really good spot for for whale watching as well mm. in Ireland. You can see whales from uh, Ireland. You can see Wales from Ireland, yeah. But the Cliffs of Murray are on the wrong coast to see the country of Wales, so you have to rely on, you know, blue whales and humpback whales. And that was a joke. <laughs> Good guy. Um, all right. Mm. Oh, what? Wait, are we going to wrap up? I think we need to. Oh, well, no, I was just going to ask one more question. Well, no, no, no. So, well... I feel like we should have started with this, but for the squire and Lady C's lover, what do you guys think of the royal family? Like, just honest. I have a few issues. Some of them are kind of just academic points, but the one issue that I have is, um, and it comes back to a few things that we talked about. Um, we talked about oppression. El Duke has talked about um, reparations that the Queen has done, trying to do things to make a good impression, be a bit more implicit on where the royal family's going in the modern day. What I would like to see is something a little bit more explicit, a little bit more of a... Oh, that's distracted me. Lady C's lover, you're next. Oh. Oh. Um, I was saying, yeah, so I'd like to see something a little bit more explicit, a little bit more kind of taking ownership of what the empire did because i think there's too much symbolism but should be there the one should be they the ones that take it when they had no they weren't there yeah absolutely why what do you mean why well, because they, they weren't no, wait what are you talking about we, so you're saying queen that the, the prince william saying this was our fault are you saying like the slaves yeah that's exactly what i'm saying i'm saying prince william as but well, you could go throughout history and well, you could talk that. about you, colonization you could, uh, and be like. Comes back to, so, what's the time limit? What's the time limit on that? So, Prince William, as a representative of a monarchy that still uses the symbolism of the British Empire, should say, "Yeah, slavery was wrong, and we're sorry for that." Because I think he recently did a tour of the Caribbean, and I think the role that Britain played in that, and even today, still has never said sorry 
or done any kind of sort of gesture that kind of suggests that. I think at the start we were talking about Germany a little bit. After the war, Germany went through a, a huge decades-long war guilt phase where they completely explicitly and openly and transparently scrapped everything and said, we need to start again. And that's why Germany is a successful, thriving country today. Hugely popular. Again. Hugely popular around the world. Fantastic reputation. Because it's addressed things properly and openly. And I think what the British monarchy is trying to do is just trying to... And what Britain has done for a long time is just trying to go on and on and on and on until people kind of forget about it or it kind of seems to play less of an impactful role in the modern day. But I think what we're seeing more and more now as identity is becoming more and more of a big deal in the globalised world actually is that people sh people should think about what the British Empire did and people should be taught about it in school and how it was horrible and how the Earl has said that nothing happened out of the goodness of anyone's heart. And that, ne that really needs to be addressed in the same way that American example Vietnam needed to be addressed. Britain and America need to talk about Iraq and Afghanistan properly and not kind of think, oh, that was a bit of a disaster. Let's just wait for enough time to pass until it becomes less relevant because it's not going to become less relevant. And the longer it goes, goes on without an explicit addressing and an abandonment of that imagery and that symbolism, you know, all this sort of uh, rural Britannia kind of cling on to that as our last bit of British identity, well, actually, that's the chorus to an absolute centuries-long monstrosity. So you're talking about any single empire, Roman. Well, there was no good ones. Exactly. Yeah, so that needs but to be... But that's humanity. There's no good humanity. Well, but yeah, you can't excuse it, though. Yeah, there's no excuse for it, but if you draw... And I'm saying, like, yeah, okay, we have the royal family excusing, saying, this was shit... We did. I, I, the, the point that you did about the Germans, I make like, yeah, that that was like we're going to start again. This wasn't us. This is a new nation. I get that, but also there was there's media to, to kind of push it at that point. When you're talking about the British Empire, when did the British Empire end? And, re and I'm not just saying like the 90s when we're going to give like Suez Crisis, 1950s. That's when it officially kind of tanks. 57. Well, I think. Elizabeth you, you don't think you don't think it was the end of the World War, too. But I mean, even even in the World War Two, the, the British Empire was wasn't an empire because if it was an empire, it would have thwarted the Nazis. Surely, if 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 you think India if it was the greatest ever empire, well, yeah, there was a Well, if you think about India, Pakistan, well, Pakistan wasn't there then, but it was India. And if if you go. We we'll might do two World episodes with this one. They were we'll cut it into two. They, they weren't invited to fight in the war, but a lot of Indian, um, a lot of the Indians thought they were British or aligned to the British and volunteered to fight in the Second World War. They had no, absolutely no need to do that. They were under no obligation to do that. But they, they did that for the British Empire for England, for Great Britain. And people forget that. When they talk about immigrants today, you know, Indians, Pakistanis, Bangladeshis coming over here, they absolutely fought for the war. They, they give their lives for the war. 100%. Yeah, but no one realises that, do they? 
So India and Pakistan wasn't partitioned until 1948. Uh, hence, India celebrating its 75th anniversary of independence this year. But so, so, so the idea of when did the British Empire end? If you concede the fact that India was the the crown jewel in the British Empire, which is is what it's often talked about, then you would probably say British Empire. Uh, finished in 1948, but through things like the Commonwealth, one could certainly argue that, you know, the monarchy's head of however many dozens of state it is, British Empire sort of lives on slightly, but this is another podcast in, ten, in terms of how well, we'll split important is, two the, is, 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 is the Commonwealth and all that sort of thing. I don't know what the, the, the squire thinks, but I think... British Empire is absolutely at an end, and I personally would pin that on 1948 in terms of once India was gain, gained, in, India and Pakistan gained independence. You know that 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 for me would represent the the quote unquote loss of the great imperial, the last great imperial but treasure. I'm going to. And they did talk about Ireland and the oppression there and the atrocities there pale into insignificance when you compare to the atrocities in the Indian subcontinent as well. And I would, on that point, I would highly recommend William Dalrymple's book, The Anarchy, um, because what a lot of people don't realise is that it wasn't the British government that colonised India, it was the East India Company. Yes. It was it, it, it was a private company. It was, it was effectively like Amazon, you know, tipping up and saying... You know we're gonna we're gonna gain control of 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 X country, um, so I, I would highly recommend on that point looking at uh, uh, how India was brought into the the imperial fold. But that's a again a whole different I'm uh, gonna, whole different podcast. I'm going to pass to the Duchess in a second, but uh, the last thing that I want to say on this. So everybody's talking about oppression and trustees and all this British Empire. Um, and, and the British Empire, it, it, when did it end? I mean, we have English language, which is now the... It's not the most spoken language by people, yet in business it is. That's its legacy, I think, is that in the terms of how business is done is in English. Fair? Yeah, and, and, and I think that's, again, where we get into a whole different debate about the idea of soft power. And right, so, soft power is a really good, a good phrase. The legacy of the British Empire. And legacy is usually used euphemistically. Yes, yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. Legacy, you'd like to think of something positive. Actually, the idea, you know, and, and the fact that, 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 that the British uh, and, and the Brits, as Sleepy Joe would, would call them from time to time, which I personally think oh, shows sleepy Joe. Uh, Joe Biden is a proper Irish American president would suggest um you know the idea that that that, that britain was able to colonize the likes of america canada australia new zealand um we've talked about this a little that's bit that's expanded you know into this great um you know the, the i suppose the global world powers yeah it does show an, an element of a legacy of, of british soft power so um I, I i wanted to touch on a few things so yeah so we, we've talked about this in the podcast uh, a lot about the British Empire and where we are today and the royal family, et cetera, et cetera, I think comes down to um, just geography, that we're an island. 
and the time of technological advancement that because we're an island we were great we had a great naval power and that it allowed it for exploration and we had the best navy uh, technologically up until the 1930s 40s and 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 so on so that led to at the time where human civilization was expanding we we were at the forefront of it um but atrocities and stuff like that and we talk about it with the the irish piece of it i just see the common denominator is time like when you look as humans and we you touched about this as well for tribes you touched about tribes humans are a, a tribal species when it comes down to it like if england was you had a king of um wessex and you had a king of sussex and you had a king of umbria and so on and so on we were tribal individuals Globally, we were tribal individuals, and atrocities have happened for millennia. And it's all right saying, "Yeah, this was atrocity." We have atrocities in Ukraine right now, and things like that, and and having people ownership. Do you have people that own it? Own it two hundred years later. For, for if you think about Putin right now, are you going to have somebody that you think this individual that wasn't born? And I'm playing devil's advocate here. And, the, and the, the, this comes back to what you're saying, that the royal family should take ownership of this. William, or, you know, who's, well, he was in the Coast Guard, or equivalent, he's helped people, born into this hereditarily, no no choice. He's now responsible to say sorry for something that he had no... And this, and this is what I'm saying. Russia in 200 years will look different, but if you're thinking that they should be saying to, sorry to the Ukrainian people... That's that's the question I have, and I'm so sorry, Duchess. You you wanted to, to ask a question here, but that I I, I want to come loop 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 back. The, the I want to loop loop back because it's all about, and, and and this is where I think about cancel culture and everything like this. This is my point: is it's it's kind of pinning responsibility on something mm-hmm. on people that maybe they weren't even born. I think that's an interesting point, and you made the comparison to the Romans before, but the Romans are gone. There are no Romans left, and there is no Roman. Civilization, but Brit- they're within us, aren't they? Not well, they're within us, but Britain as a state still exists, and the royal family is the same royal family, and it's using the same symbols that it used during slavery, and it's using That's that point. as a platform right. to try and stay relevant in the world. The whole point of the Commonwealth is so that Britain can keep that kind of legacy and keep it relevant okay, today. Good point. So that is a platform that it is trying to profit from. And that is still the platform that was built from oppression. That's something that Italy doesn't have. And if Russia, in 200 years' time, is still Russia, and the situation in Ukraine hasn't properly been resolved and addressed, they will still need to address that. Yeah, I completely agree. Duchess. See. Spanish? Yeah, I forgot you're fluent in Spanish. No, um, yes. No, I think all those points are valid, extremely valid. Um. I'm just gonna come up from an American perspective. So, um, so the U.S. kind of going through, I don't know, a lot lately. I feel like, um, so especially with like slavery and stuff. I feel like, especially in the last few years, um, Americans have, you know, and everyone has a right to what they, they, you know, freedom of speech, right? Um. But I think the U.S. is, like, expressively, and it hasn't directly come from the government, but just I think as a country has said, slavery is bad. That's not good, you know. 
that was like a bad time. Um, but I feel like since then, it's it, it's not people weren't like, okay, yes, we all agree this was bad. This is a bad part in our history. This is a bad part of just globalization, everything. Like, let's accept that. Let's try and make it better. I feel like a lot of people have kind of taken that and then just taken it. You know, when you give when you give an inch, you take a mile, right? So they've been like, yes, that's bad. But then they've also felt very righteous to just make people feel bad about ancestor or things that like we don't control. Um, and, and that's where I think is a difference. Like, but I do think with the royal family, it's a little bit different because if they did come out and apologize, there's a lot of side effects to it. I'm not saying they shouldn't come out and apologize, but there's just a lot more ripple effects and probably a bigger impact than just apologizing and then people being like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm glad you apologize. Like, respect. Like, there's just a lot more. And then, I don't know, maybe people would, like, want more. And then, and, and I know with the royal family, there's also, like, a little bit of prestige and stuff like that, which with these kind of matters, that shouldn't be as big of a deal because they're a lot bigger than the royal family. But I, but I, I, I think that does probably come in there. Well, not the royal family; they're PR people. And and and, and I think that's where one of the quirks of the British uh, political and, and and sovereignty system institution. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's not the royal family; guard, it's the institution. It, it, it right? almost guards the royal family in the sense that, for example, that you know, in 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 recent times, there have been apologies issued by the British government um, for various sort of various things. Actually, the the royal family is insulated from that in terms of it is now His Majesty's government that is apologising. It's not the royal family that is yeah. apologising, which, for better or for worse, does insulate to a certain extent the royal family who are free to go about being their soft power ceremonial head of state. Any... Any apologies for, for slavery yeah. or empire or anything that but that comes f- from this point on will be from the government, yes. not the monarchy. So, when, when was the monarchy responsible for the actions across the world? I don't... So, was, was it the government? Was it the monarchy? At what point did that stop? But I would... Okay... I would also like to add that the monarchy is extremely careful about anything they do or say politically wise, right? Like they don't, they try, and even if like, I know princess, like Catherine had like a, like a early childhood initiative that she recently really, or yeah, no, well, she had that and that was political, but it was also like the Ukraine and, and. Uh, Prince William went to Poland, and that was almost, like, political. So I think they have to be... So what I'm trying to get at, I know it's, like, a long-winded thing, is, like, they're... Whether it's them, whether it's the institution or whatever, they're extremely careful about just anything they do. So that's where I think at the end of the day, like, an apology would be, like, so extreme to just what... 
I yeah, I I, I think and and the squire and and, and Lady Chatterley Lower may be able to back me up on this, but I I, I feel like the monarchy now. On a global stage, we'll only do things that are sanctioned by the government. So you can't divorce what the monarchy do from what the government do in terms of it is his majesty's government. And obviously for the 70 years before that, her majesty's government. The, the, the royal family now, I think if we're being honest, is a soft power tool. They don't have power. Of the they British have government. Inf- they have they have Quote unquote influence. influence. Yeah. They don't have power. And 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 King Charles, as he is now, to to his credit, was a environmentalist before it was the cool thing to be. So fair play. Hey, his car runs on wine and like old food. No, like that, that's I, no, why I, I, also I I am not kidding. Like he has a very oh, I will show the Baron because I know you like. No, it's I, like a nice car and it runs on yeah. wine and like. Old food. I, I also run on wine and old food, um, but that's 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 just me. Um, but soft yeah. power sounds like soft porn. Um, and and we go Back full full story to to Coo Stark. But yeah, I absolutely um, think that you you can't now divorce the British monarchy from the British state. They are one and the same, and the British monarchy will only ever do things that are sanctioned by. British government, and that is part of having an unelected head of state. Well, that's why they, they cancelled Harry and Meghan. They we, weren't um, gonna go who? in. We did. Um, we did some analysis in the last episode. Royal financials. We, in, yes. Royal, well, Royal well, financials. We'll, we'll ask them. See if they know how much. The so, how, how much um, does the taxpayer to the royal family every year? We'll do. We'll do. Um, let, let's go for the the squire first. Are we are we talking in terms of the the bursary Tax. that's paid to the royal family from the government, the endowment fund, or what, whatever yeah, it's called? Yeah, sure. But how how much is coming out of each taxpayer's? Oh, because this this number is a little bit kind of. There's going to be some. This is a, this is like the three hundred and fifty million to the nebulous. NHS. This number because it's like technically it looks huge and like the financial idea of a classic lucky student thing. Talk a little bit louder, square onto the mic. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Get, we're just going for a number. We're going for a guess. Uh, let's go with five hundred million. Five hundred million. Okay. I think the royal endowment. So wait, wait, if you think five hundred million, uh, population of Britain, sixty million. Sixty-two, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do math. I'm not going to do math by sixty-two, but I'll do I, math I, by sixty. But I think the royal endowment, my guess, would be about one hundred twenty million pounds a year. It's paid to the royal family from the government. Okay, Lady Shant. Oh, Shant. What was she? La- La- Lady Lover. Lady Sh- Chatterley's Lover. Read a book. Lady Chatterley's Lover of. I have no idea. That's the game. You've got to give a number. All right. Okay. Um, Two hundred fifty million. All right. So we have two hundred fifty. They all said 120, and, squ- and Squire said, "I want to be good." You, you didn't get big. You what? You said 500 million. What did you say? It was 50 million. No, I think he said 500. Oh, he said 500. Uh, it was a big number. It was a big number. It was half a billion. So the um, the taxpayer in the UK pays one pound each per annum to the 60 million. yeah. So 65, roughly, it's about 65 million pounds. 
Okay, next uh, next question. How much um, in, in a study that we did, and clearly none of you fuckers have listened to the last <laughs> podcast episode. Um, I, was, I, 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 in fairness, I was busy. Uh, Download it. Washing my Listen on the flight. Listen on the flight. Okay. So, how much, and this is, um, and, and, and maybe I, I didn't listen to it, um, in, in terms of tourism, I'm just trying to think how many as a percentage said they came to the UK because of the Royal Family. I think I have the number in my head. Um, but how much do you think they bring annually into the UK? That's a good number. Well, right, 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 right. Let's not give them any hints here. Let's, uh, let, let's make them... Squire, what do you reckon? Six hundred million. I'm gonna say that they double what they're paid. So one twenty six. Twenty million. Uh, ladies, uh, Lady Lover Chantelet. I, I I think that's a small number though. It's, if you reckon this, I reckon I reckon it's a really high number. What What did you say? I said six hundred. Six hundred million. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. Oh no, I'm going to go bigger. I'm going to go a billion. Okay. A billion. The number um, or the ratio is 23 to 1. So oh. they bring in 23 pounds to every pound that is spent on them by the taxpayer. Which is? Well, it's 23 times uh, <laughs> 60. <laughs> 20, <laughs> 23 times a lot. Six, 60 million times 20. Well, we have calculators and we have Google. Well, we actually, we're actually going to do it on the... It's in the billions. So would you say they're worth it for money reasons? I I person I I I personally think the royal family is worth it from an economic point of view, and from a soft power soft porn from a yeah, soft porn slash power point of view, I absolutely think the royal family are worth it. But I think we are entering a phase where we are trying to divorce ourselves from what we think of the queen compared to the the monarchy. So it's one point five billion. Is my opinion. They bring in one point. The, sorry, they bring in one point five billion, and I think. And I did ask. Um, I, 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 I when we were talking about the royal financials, I did ask the Baron. I was like, because you know we're trying to talk through it, and I was like, well, you know, if you know, let's say they weren't the monarchy, the royalty. I mean, I feel like people would come to see that stuff. Probably for a little while, but over time, well, because I didn't even know like Spain has Spain. Like, well, we we did a whole thing, yeah, yeah, and all of that. And Monica. they all come from Queen Victoria. Um, most of yeah. most of them do. Um, Netherlands and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Russians. Russians. Yes. Russians. Um. But 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 that's the thing, right? Over time, like you know, 
in our day and age, yes, they'd still be very popular, but over time, like our children's children's children, they they probably wouldn't even know or anything like that. So people in Britain, you know, what wouldn't know? How, how much do we know about the royal family? Well, pardon my French, but I feel like the more the generations go on, people will just give a little bit less of a shit each time. <laughs> but and will they? Because if the, the thing if is... They're, 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 I, I think... To so the history, if, if, if the you monarchy think from a, a, an economic, economical standpoint... I, sorry, sorry. From an economical standpoint, if you look at Americans, they don't, they don't have the history that they desire, which is gossip and tragedy yeah, I mean, and like scan- so, so, so scandalous. But I will say, so I was very surprised when we started the Duchess and the Baron on Instagram. So there's people that have like 400,000 people that follow them and they report on the royal family. Like, I think that's a lot. Like, they're not the royal family. They're just reporting on it. And I thought that was like a lot just to, I mean, I don't know. You get like Selena Gomez and she is like female, which makes sense. But so I think there is an interest outside but yeah i mean as us americans we d- we don't have anything like that so. there will always should be have got rid of it then <laughs> we didn't like tea should have kept that tea didn't like tea on the boats <laughs> have a cup of tea everybody calm down figure out that it'll all be okay in the end uh, imagine but that imagine if imagine if the u.s is part of great britain that would be wild. I mean, know? the U.S., I, me and Oliver, have ta- or me and the Baron of Tashari, me and the Baron, I mean, Oliver is like a popular name, so um, he could be. And Oliver, who's relocated from the U.K. and married a lovely American woman to Arizona. Yeah. Um, I forgot. I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Is it time to go? <laughs> George III, the Mad King. Oh, no. So we were talking about if the U.S. was part of Great Britain, but me and you have talked about it. Just as the U.S., like, it's just so big. In every state, it's just, like, as a country, it's crazy that it's still a country because there's just so many dividing factors and and perspectives and things that, like... Well, well, you say that, but the 13 colonies, 13 colonies, was it? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, but did did you see that the the actual, the landmass of 13 colonies was a sliver? So when when you're saying it, it was that, I mean, the Spanish, um, they, they, the Spanish actually had more than the 13 colonies. The Louisiana Purchase? The the French? Who had Texas? Who had Texas? Spanish. The Mexicans at one stage as well. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well I, I mean, well, they, 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 Native Americans. Well, what about exactly? What about them? When you're God talking about Native oppression Americans. and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Here we go. And then this, this is it. You, you, no, no. You're saying. No, no. I do like. You're saying you're part of Native American, which is true. Yeah. So, at the end of it. I'm a lovely. Who do we mix. fucking blame? <laughs> Who do we put blame on something? We're all victims. Who do we put blame on? As Sleepy Joe would say, the Brits. Uh, And it's been lovely to be here.
Thank you for having us. Right, I think that's it. Are we, we allowed back? Oh, yeah, we just, maybe. I just got to give one last update and then we'll wrap up. Um, well, it's not, it's not with any of this. Um, so with the coronation, um, Sleepy Joe called, called the king and said he can't come, but he's gonna, he's gonna send his wife Jill Biden. Um, I just want to say, as an American, we can send someone <laughs> so much better. We have, like, foreign affair people, so I just apologize. And I'm sorry you get Jill. I, I, I'd like to, to wrap Jill up. Jill the new Karen? I'd like to wrap up the final point, which is to, uh, to wish, wish the Duchess a very happy Aww. 30th birthday. Aww. Lovely. Uh, Lovely. Who, 52 minutes into her 30th birthday, so. Oh, Yeah. Um, Shit, you old, you old. As, as someone who's turning 30 in September, he's hoping that 30 really is the new 20. Uh, otherwise, we're all fucked. Well, now you're, you're, now you're famous. <laughs> all right, okay. Um, we're going to split this episode into to two. Good uh, luck. Enjoy editing. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next week with uh, a not-so-long episode. So, so, so scandalous.